Did you know that there's a 52% chance that a low-income Black man has been behind bars? And what's more disturbing is is that Black people make up 40% of the incarcerated population and are five times more likely to be in prison than whites. The number one contributing factor that drives these stats are economic disparities. The purpose of this series is to raise awareness of our justice system, provide insight on two African-American males' experiences, all in hopes to teach our youth that while the system is set up to set you up, you shouldn't have to fall victim to it. Although both episodes were recorded months ago, in today's current state of this country, I feel that this issue is present and a reoccurring theme that still matters. These last few months have been heavy on the Black community. It's been heavy for our Black men and women. As we witness our brothers and sisters fall victim to a system that has no road or path to justice, I need everyone to remember that as long as you're using your platform and voice to speak out against these injustices, that's all that matters. Over the weekend, we lost our Black Panther. It's a dark time where we're probably questioning why we can't keep Black leaders. Why does 2020 continue to add to the pile of hurt and pain that we already feel? And I really don't know why. What I can say is, just like with Kobe and Nipsey, is that we should take Chadwick's greatness and his leadership and keep the parts that resonates for us to empower us to continue to our path of greatness. For my listeners out there who are not Black, I need you to understand that the only way to see Black people is if you see their Blackness, because being Black is greatness. So I hope everybody out there stays blessed. I thank you guys so much for tuning into this two-part series, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's episode is a series focusing on racial disparities in our justice system. Today's guest is a Bronx native and actually a fellow Kipster who is a family man that was able to take his experience of being incarcerated from a negative to a positive. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Jermaine? Yes, yes, yes. My name is Jermaine, Jermaine Porter, GV Porter, Um, Bronx native, like you said, proud to be. But, you know, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, no worries. I mean, I definitely, you know, thank you as well for doing this because not a lot of people will do this. So now, okay, so little background here. So Jermaine and I, we went to school in the fifth through eighth grade at a school called Kip Academy. (laughs) Um, Back in the days. Kip is in prison is what they called it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? No, dead ass, they did. It was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, we went to school together, whatever, um, and whatnot. And his story is very unique. And, you know, today you guys are going to learn a lot, a lot about him as well. And believe it or not, like him and I, we actually, we didn't really talk a lot. Like I kind of came across him. Like we had each other on IG. And then when I had my um, podcast page, I kind of added him. And then we just, you know, kind of like just reconnected. But, you know, I mean, yeah, honestly, it's been cool. a lot of time and space. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about you, though. Well, me, I'm from the, like I, I'm from the Bronx. Like I said, grew up, born and raised Soundview. Lived in Webster, lived High Bridge, everywhere. But you know, through my travel, went to went to Kip. Kip was honestly right now how I feel was some of the best experiences that I didn't know I was having at that time. Mm. But you know, you know, it, it showed me a little bit of something because I was always in some shit. I'm about to say, you was always in trouble. You always got the chair, the little kindergarten chair. I had the little kindergarten chair. Always got into some bullshit. Had to sit in the back of the class. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, you know, fun times. Fun times. It was you and Larry that was always, and Eric that was always in trouble. Nah, Eric used to always get away with the shit. Eric always got away, and me and Larry will always be in some shit. (laughs) I still talk to Eric to this day. Shout out to Eric, B. That's funny. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, besides Kit, you know, I, I went to boarding school as well in Colorado, Eagle Rock. Did you? Got opportunity. Yeah, I got the opportunity to go out there through Kit, you know what I mean? But, you know, unfortunately, my dumb ass got into some old shit, fuck, got kicked out, <laughs> and then went back and got kicked out again. Then I oh, ended wow. up graduating from, Steve- from Stevenson High School in the Bronx. Oh, wow. But, um, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I was out there for about two and a half years. Damn, you went to boarding school, yikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, different experience. They let me know I can survive anywhere. 
That's in true. Colorado, but, but it was different breed than New York. Oh, I bet. I can't even imagine. I mean, well, ain't nothing worse than going to all girls Catholic school. Okay, I went to St. Raymond's. That was. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, if I was out here, it would have been lit for me. But <laughs> no, no, that's like, but that's like when people go to All Hollows, they call it All Swallows. <laughs> Ain't nothing fun about going to all same gender school. Like, there's nothing fun, nothing fun about that shit. But that's um, that's <laughs> ever though. That's what it happens. That's it. That's true. I feel it. So outside of that or whatever, I mean, I kind of want to like first before we even get into like you know your time that you know some mistakes you made, your experiences with that. I wanted to kind of get into like what was your life like growing up. I mean, so we know what the Bronx is like. Some people don't because they've never seen it and whatnot. But I want to know like what was your lifestyle like? Who did you grow up with? Like you know your family life. Like how were you raised? You know, honestly, um, my mom raised me. And, you know, my father was always in the picture, but unfortunately, he was arrested and had to do some time when I was at the age of six. Mm. So, you know, and I, my mom tried to keep me away from what it really was. He got locked up for it. So going, growing up, I just thought my father left. My mom was holding it down. I had two older brothers and we was all spaced out. I'm the youngest. So mm. by the time my brothers was outside... I'm stuck in a house looking out the window, dying to go out there. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was it was just, I mean, for me, I thought it was a regular upbringing. We struggled. My mom held it down, you know, and everything got handled the way it needed to get handled. But, you know, a- after I turned 14, she told me, you know, who my father was. He got locked, what he got locked up for, which mm-hmm. was, you know, a few murders or whatever the case may be. And then he ended up getting... Uh, two different charges and had to go to the state for life and then he has federal time as well so he won't be coming home so you know at, at 14 learning that it's like wow you, you kept this from me and felt like she lied all this then I started rebelling a little bit going outside into the streets and doing a bunch of little dumb shit that I always got myself into mm. but you know that, that ultimately I think that was probably what really led me to the path that I took because I had the opportunity to do well. Went to, I mean, even after learning that, I found my father when I was in boarding school, me and him decided to, you know, develop the relationship. Mm. And, you know, I just, I don't know, I always got myself into something and it just never worked. And then after I found out what he was into, you know, being a young kid, it's impressionable. And I used to remember seeing those things when I was younger before he left my life. So, Mm-hmm. I, you know, I decided to take that path instead of the path that I was on. You said something that kind of resonated a little bit. When you said, oh, for some reason, I just kept doing these things. Like, when you now reflect back a bit, why do you think you did those things? Honestly, just, you know, some things was fun. Some things was, I don't know, to, just to get into something. I, I, I can't think of a, I, for probably just for my name. Like, as, mm. as a young kid, you want your name to sound like something. So that's probably why I got into something. Always got into something. I wanted somebody to say my name in some type of way. I ain't, you know, negatively, positively, whatever. Just recognition or attention or whatever the case may be, you know? That makes so, sense. Yeah, but, you know, as, as at that age, you know, everything sticks to your mind. You try to do too many things at once. And for me, I was just happen to be, I like getting in trouble. <laughs> I don't like the consequences. I like doing this shit. I ain't think I was going to get caught, but... You know, I just like doing little mischievous shit, little little bullshit to keep my time, and it just happened <sighs> that I ran, led down the wrong road. Right. That makes no. I feel that. I mean, because that was gonna actually go into my next question is that you know, because you know, you get into stupid shit because it's just like it's weird. Because like, even though you live in New York, there's so much shit to do. But think about it, like you know, you living with parents or people that just like you know, the thing is like go outside, go outside and play, get the fuck out the house, kind of shit. Like you can't be up in here. And so like either you know, your your choices are like let's go to the park, let's hang out in front of the building, let's break night. And so it's kind of weird. Like as much as you know, I guess resources we have in New York, there really ain't shit to do other than being outside with people and doing dumb shit. So I wanted to ask you, like, what influence do you think your community, like the people in your neighborhood had on your choices that you made? Well, honestly, you know, um, the people in my neighborhood, they, I mean, I lived in Evergreen and Story at the time as I was growing up and I always traveled to Soundview and, but you've seen the hustlers, you've seen the gangbangers, you know what I'm saying? You see, at that my my areas you see sex money you see have you see everybody the Jamaican. Else? You know what I mean <laughs> you see it. and 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 
if there's a problem, you see it outside. When you go outside, you see everything. So I was always intrigued by everything. I asked questions. Niggas tell me, mind your business, little nigga, get up out of here. You know, you know <laughs> questions like that. But it's like, I want to know what's going on. What you doing over here? Why you on the corner? You know what I mean? Mm. But, you know, seeing things like that and then, you know, you rarely see, you see people make fun of people that smart. You see, mm-hmm. you see people make fun of the squares back in the days when I was growing up. Like, yo, look at son going to work. Ain't getting no money. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, you see, and, and, and it sticks in your mind as a young kid that, oh, he going to work. They saying he ain't getting no money. I see them in the hood all day and they getting money. They got cars. They doing whatever they want. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and and as a young kid as well, you hear them say a lot of things about females. And it's like, yo, yeah, he ain't getting no money. You know what I mean? Shorty ain't going to want him anyway. I'm about to bag that. So it's like, yo, if I'm going to work, he going to bag my shorty because I'm getting less money. Uh, nah, that's not happening. Let me get this chicken. You know? <laughs> so that I mean that's that's what my, my neighborhood showed me. You know what I mean? You still had the moms out there and the grandmoms out there that you knew from the hood that were always tried to lead you out of trouble. But you, you got sometimes you gotta take the path you need to take because it's meant for you to learn mm-hmm. what you need to learn. That's true. Very true indeed. Because it's kind of crazy because like growing up, I remember like especially in Kip, I used to come home with my violin. They used to be giving me the only looks, they used to make fun of me, and I'm like, God, like a bitch can't that's play so the violin. Bad. <laughs> I can't do something. Like, Remember when we had to wear uh, the kid shirts? They used to fucking joke on us because we got these fucking kid so shirts and we had to dress up yeah. on Friday. And like, y'all females had it easy. Y'all had it easy. We was beefing with the dudes from Jackson across the street. Oh, yes, yes. I remember that. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. Like, it's crazy. Like, they would look at you like, oh, y'all so corny. Y'all so this. Y'all so. That's why they was like kids in prison and shit. Yeah. Like, you just, you know. I know. No, we doing All of us are doing things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we try to yeah. get out of here. It's crazy. It was wild. That's how they look at it. That's how the neighborhood looks at it back. And I mean, now it might be different, but I still see the same thing when I go. And I mean, people make comments about me knowing, you know, at the time what I was doing back then. I was I was wild when I was younger. And I mean, after I, I crossed that 15 age, I, I started wilding and people knew me as, they, you know, my name changed in the hood mm. and, you know. I'm, I'm following suit. Yo, nigga going to work? Fuck out of here. Whatever he making this whole week, I'm going to make that today. Don't worry about it. I, you know what I mean? I'm talking my bullshit that I heard the older niggas talk. You know mm. what I mean? And that's how a lot of young niggas get caught up. They ain't got their fathers there. They ain't, the pops mm-hmm. is not in the house. Or if they pops is out here, nine times out of... I'm not, not, not even nine. I can't say that because, you know, I'm a father myself and there's good fathers out here. But in my era, the pops is locked up. Pops not in the house, got a whole different family or some type of dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. kids, kids gravitate, whatever's out there that's gonna give them attention. Like, their mom can give them attention, but their mom is not a man. So you, mm-hmm. you see a man now give you some love and attention, whatever he's doing, you're gonna follow suit. That is very true. Because especially me growing up, my father, he was, I mean, my mother used to joke and she used to say, um, he was locked up so much that when he in there, <laughs> that's home and when he's out, that's vacation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you got but... things like that. I tell you, that you <laughs> got stop you. Oh my it's god! Like, oh, yeah, on vacation, this. he out. Give him three months. He going back, and sure enough, his going ass is back. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she my said we card. Come back, huh? Oh, I said that she said we was a Hallmark card. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You see people like that though. I did seven, so I yeah. seen. Come back three, four times. I was like, "Yo, bro, what you this doing? Wow. Oh, yeah. What you doing? You love this shit, don't you? And niggas be going through it while they in there. People don't support them. They be hungry. They be, you know, mm-hmm. picking up cigarettes off the floor. So it be oh, niggas wow. having it hard, like. But but you just like coming to work. Some people don't like responsibilities. Wow. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. So let's kind of get into that. You know, I want to talk about you being incarcerated. I mean, you kind of already shared that you did seven years. I guess, could you give us a little background, like how you got there? Well, at the time, you know, I was 18 and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was a sticky kid, as you would say at that time. So I was robbing people and doing my thing, but you know, I, I stopped messing with certain dudes and I ended up, you know, getting into college and stuff like that. I was working for an organization named City Year, but mm-hmm. they called me back about two months later about something that we was looking for. And you know, it sounded too good to be true. For a young nigga, when it's too good to be true, I'm going to take it. <laughs> so mm. I went for it, and it ended up being, you know, it was. It, to this day, I'm not going to say it was a setup. It was a bad decision. 
But, okay. You know, it was a robbery, whatever the case may be. Uh, got away with it. And it was a diamond jeweler. So, three, you know, we got some, some chicken out of that. And three months later, we all got locked up. One person wow. led one person. One person led to the next, to the next. That led to me, me being locked up. So, you know, oh, wow. unfortunately, but fortunately, because I think that probably saved my life. Mm, that's a good yeah. way to look at it. That is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're moving at a certain pace, some things is meant for you. Mm. I mean, I was moving too fast. So you needed to slow down. So that that's what God put in front of me to slow me down because I could have went to jail for a lot more time or I could have been dead. You know what mm. I mean? So it's either way. And I, I, I can't say I liked how it went down because some of the people that I thought was people I could trust told on me. And, you know, it shows you who's who because really the only people that was there at the end of the day was my family. And mm. those were the people that I gave the least amount of my time when I was out here in the street before I got locked up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, it shows you appreciation for what you have. But, you know, I, did, I, got, I got arrested in Westchester County. They um, locked me up for a whole bunch of Trump charges and a, a whole bunch of other robberies that I, I had no idea of at all. So they were just trying to pin everything on me and my co-defendant. And I had a couple co-defendants that I didn't know. All type of dumb shit. But wow. Yeah, it went from they offered me 15, then they offered me 10, and then I copped out to eight because if they said eight will go to trial, and, and with all, like, I had seven co defendants, and with five of them telling on me, I'm definitely going to end up getting 15 to 20 years. So I take the eight years and I and I started my bid from there. Well, I started my bid upstate from there. Do you feel like you was targeted though because of your race? Of course. I mean, my in my in my case, I'm the only black guy in my case. Everybody else is Hispanic, which wow. we all we all are placed under the same umbrella when we get locked up. But the look of it in the courtroom for me, because everybody was light skinned Hispanic, you know what I mean? So, mm. and I was the only black face, and it was a it was they labeled it in the newspaper as a gang affiliated robbery spree. So. Is the Blood and Latin King invasion when you got a black dude that got arrested in all red? <laughs> on the no. Oh wow. Yeah, they didn't even have them in the paper. They had me coming out of the courthouse, so it was like it felt no, like they no. was just trying to pin everything on me, and I ultimately got the most time out of the whole situation. Crazy. And they 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 target you out here, and and, and they know sometimes you know once they find out your background, they find you know it's easy for them to find out who you live with. They do all that, so they know. Yeah, they create the narrative come for you. Out. Yeah, they know if you come, you got enough money to come out. If you don't have enough money for a lawyer, so by that, they, oh yeah, he he's poor. Da, 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 let's give him, let's give him this. If you don't take this, let's take him to trial. And mm-hmm. in Westchester County, they got the what is it, ninety-seven percent conviction rate. And nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, some people that get convicted go back on appeal and they win, but they just want that conviction. So they everybody want it for their stats. Mm-hmm. For their stats, for the bonuses, for when they retire, they they look. You know what I mean, they just want to leave their mark on a community that they don't even know. It's so true, and then that's that's obviously like why I did this whole episode, especially like with you and then um the other guys, Pablo. And it's because like it's crazy because even in my research, it shows that economic disparity, you know, especially with black people, it it's kind of like the number one reason why they end up in front of the judge and why then they're convicted and then why they do time and then because they don't even they know they don't have those resources available to have somebody fight a case for them you know you get a public defender he doesn't give a fuck you're 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 a number that's the plan that and the public defendant works for them so oh yeah so you don't matter like you have some honest people but you know (laughs) even now in this corona in this corona situation that we're going through now in new york city police is this is a police is still racial profiling even harder and it's basically a reason. I mean, some people was just dickheads and staying out there doing too. Um, excuse my language, but they just oh, no, staying out there the doing too much. <laughs> all right, all right, bad, bad, bad. But they out there doing too much, still partying. But also, you know, police is out there running down on people. You know what I mean, for no reason, no apparent reason. It's always a target. If you ain't got enough money, they're gonna say the most crime is gonna come from there. Cause what, what do you call us? You, we, if you're from the hood and you can't make it, you gotta flip something. You know what I'm saying? Your, your family gotta eat in some way. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
there's always a way to do it, but you know, some people just stick. <laughs> it's a never-ending cycle. So true. And then the other thing is too is that when you go into those like low-income communities, there's not a lot of resources. There's not enough jobs. There's not a lot of opportunities. And then even if there are opportunities, especially in New York, even if there are opportunities, and you and I mean, I've had this done to me, and I know this has been done to even I'm talking like dark-skinned black men that they'll go, they apply for a job, they qualify on paper. When they see you in person, you don't qualify no more. What? Listen. <laughs> what? You know how much I had to go through when I first got home to get a job? I believe it. Oh, I believe it. Oh, we're we going to get into that. So we won't let you get into it just yet, but we will get into that part because that is the question. But I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And I want people to know it. No, I believe it. But All right, guys, let's take a quick break and let's take a listen to some music by Guns Villain. Big heart on him. He walked around with the big log and that's gonna play a big part for him. Was known as Little Man. Everyone ignored him till he had his first fight. Now everybody adores him. Start chilling with his little mans. Manhunt in the peas. Introduced him to the reefer man. Now he's smoking trees. Older niggas has a little plan. Now he with the G's. Sort of hustling his little grams. Now Little Man is flee. He's schooling him to the street. He's soaking up with ease. They leave him a little work with some instructions. Then Breeze OT. Now Little Man, the boss up in the peas. He's stacking his paper while he on the lookout for the D's They leave him with 500 See what he's about He gets it off Calls him up and said I think I'm in a drought Let's kind of get into a little bit though now So okay You got your sentence You took your time What was life like being incarcerated? <laughs> I tell you There's nothing like it I tell you that I mean When people say it's gonna make you a man Or mm. a bitch <laughs> That's what it's gonna do. Cause I done seen some of the biggest, brolic, toughest dudes walk in and get put on their back pockets and not say a word after. And I done seen some of the smallest motherfuckers put motherfuckers on their back pockets and run wow. to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, it's, it's, it's uh, how can I put it? This is how, when I was in the county jail in Westchester County, my father sent me a letter. Me and him finally, you know, we were still in contact. They allowed us contact. Um, through mail because that was my father. Mm -hmm. So he sent me a letter saying, yo, listen, you can't get in no more trouble than you in right now. Mm. And I didn't understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, what you mean? Like, if I, I could get a new charge, da, 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 da. He's like, listen, this is you with a bunch of, you with the bottom of the barrel from the hood. <laughs> like, this mm. is New York. All the people that, you, that left the neighborhoods back in the days is here. All the people that's leaving the neighborhoods is here. Everybody mm. got beat each other or you ever had beef with you're gonna come across them because now you in jail you know what i mean so you can't think of it as i gotta be a good boy i wanted to be a good boy to come home i didn't want to come home with no scars on my face either you know what i'm saying right <laughs> my, my second day up north i went i mean my first spot i went to was green and the first mm. my, my first day i got into a fight spank somebody because he was from Soundview saying that he was doing something that he wasn't. So I was already equipped by, to jail by then through the county. But oh, my wow. second day was the first time I saw somebody get cut. And that was a different experience altogether. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that was, that's a, you know, and it, it, and that wakes you up. That is and real. Like, this shit is real. real. Like, listen, you in jail now, Papa. Hey, you, you have nothing run. to lose because you you locked up, basically. It's not yeah. like outside. Like, outside, you like, all right, you have hesitation because you're like, shit, you know, somebody could go to the cops. Yeah, I could get in trouble. I could go, I gotta, right. I could go to jail. Now you in jail. And not only that, it's like, there's nowhere for you to go. You with other criminals, like, that think the same way you used to think while you was out there, if mm. you was about that. So, you know seeing that woke me up like yo i don't want i don't ever want that to happen to me so you know you gotta get on your i'm gonna be about it or i'm not and my mm -hmm. whole bit i back and forth to the box going through it you oh, know wow. <sighs> bullshit but it's jail why you did know? they send you to the box like how was that like being in isolation uh it's different i mean you when <laughs> when you in jail you accustomed to it because you gotta lock in you still got other people on your tear Oh, if you were in a dorm, you still got other people in your dorm. Know what I mean? Like, I was only in a dorm for four months when I was in green. And I ended mm -hmm. up, you know, shipped out because I, I I had a fight with police. And in that oh. jail, police really be smacking dudes up. And it's usually a minor jail. It's for people that's, you know, they got short time. 
and they they 17 18 19 you know what i mean they mixed in a couple older heads to, to calm the jail down but they was really putting dudes on the gate smacking them in front of everybody and you know just basically trying to show everybody that this dude is not a man anybody wow. they pick out and if you think you was going to pop on them them niggas is going to jump you and they're going to jump you so bad you're going to wish you never popped on them and that's what oh. happened Wow. Like me. And you know, everybody's watching. You got that ego problem. So I had an ego issue. He tried to play me and then he started screaming at me for no reason. And even though, you know, I was wrong because I was in the day room when I had a, a cube confinement ticket, which means you can't leave your cube. But the CEO before let me go watch TV because he knew what type of he knew me. This new mm-hmm. dude was rookie. So he tried to play me and he tried to grab my shirt and I punched him in his face. I slammed him. And after I did that, he said, let's take it outside. By the time we walked outside, it was about 15 COs running up to my door. And no. the mother, they didn't whoop me out right away, smashed my face against the brick, slammed me a couple times. And then they cuffed me, took me to the small shoe. And what they don't tell you is that the small shoe, which is the uh, segregation unit, the special housing unit doesn't have cameras. The shoe 200, the special housing unit that houses all the all the convicts does have cameras, but mm. the small shoe doesn't. So when they were searching me, they made me put my head on the door, put my hands behind my back. You know what I mean, they searched me and then they backed up. And when they backed up, the the thing that I thought was a wall was a door. And it opened up, they drug me in there. And I got fucked up at least like six, seven times. Wow. To the point that I wish I never would have popped on that CO. I swear to God. I swear to God I wish I would have popped on that CO. That's crazy. But that's how it goes. When After your first time you go through that, you know that's just what's going to happen. That's part of prison thing. If you go all, you got to go all the way with a CO if you're going to go. Like, I punched him in his face, slammed him, thought it was cute, thought I was going to get my name up off that shit. Them niggas put me in so much pain, and I couldn't report no injuries because if I did, there was a razor that was found on my bed, supposedly. Mm. So now, that brings in the question, outside prosecution, if I decide to press charges because of my injuries. Wow. So, they had the nurse come. The nurse looked in the window. Are you all right? Do you want to report any injuries? The CEO behind her shook his head. And I'm like, yeah, I want to report injuries. I'm fucked up. Mm. He tapped me on the shoulder. She walked away. He was like, listen, it was a razor in your back. And you assaulting an officer. So we could take you to prosecution and you could take us to prosecution. You could lose and get more time. What you want to do? I looked at him. Right. My rib fucked up. My face mm. is fucked up. She came back. She said, you, any injuries you want to report? I said, no, ma'am. I ain't got no injuries I want to report. None, none, right. I laid my ass right down because that could have been an extra seven years just for putting my hands on that CO. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And that was my introduction to prison because that was my fourth month up north. And then I ended up going to the box for a year. And then I ended up from there on going to Max's. And I've never been to a medium since. Wow. I have a question. So in doing all of that, especially like the first year or like your first four months and then going into the box for a year, I mean, how did that, like, what did that do to you mentally? It was different. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I mean, at that time, my mind was shaped for prison. Like, when you get into a certain environment, you got to adapt regardless. And mm. by the time I went up north, I was already uh, in prison for probably like 18 months. Mm-hmm. I was in prison already for 14 months fighting my case. So I already knew what it was, but being in a different arena, can you say? Because the county jails and Rikers Island is two different things to Auburn, Comstock, and shit like that. Upstate is different because everybody's there. In the county, you just, you know, consolidated. But being in, you know, going to the box, and it, it, it shapes you. You know what I mean? You start getting into your thoughts. If you're not strong enough, I see niggas go crazy. You know what I mean? I kind of, I felt like I was going crazy. But, you know, you, you, you think too much. You got nothing else to do. They they don't give you your food. So the food that you get is small portions. It's portioned out for a diet literally for like 1,500 calories a day. Wow. You know what I mean? So your food, you barely eating. You can't get commissary while you're in the box. Well, you couldn't get commissary while I was there. But um, I heard they changed that the, some of the laws now. But 
you couldn't get commissary. You know what I mean? So they put you in with anybody. Like sometimes they'll put you in with a crib if they know you banging you blood. They pull up mm-hmm. and they know you crib. And you talk too much, they're gonna put a blood in your cells so you can fuck you up. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like they control uh-huh. everything. Like if you if you if you wanna go on strike and throw your tray, the niggas gonna spit in your food and give you a loaf. You know what I'm saying? And the loaf is just a big ass bread with cabbage and shit and mad dry trash. But you know, they fuck it fucks with your mental because you you start thinking about all the shit you did, think about what you could have did better. This is where people say back in the days, oh, you come out a better criminal. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, wow. you, you think about a million ways on how to do whatever you did better. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. And your mind don't go to doing better when you come home. It's just how I'm gonna get this money. Hmm. I mean, but, you know, it fucks with you. So then, I guess for you then, well, before I even ask this question, what was the effect this had on your family, first of all? Mm, my mom was hurt. She 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 was used to it, though, cause, because she, did, she dealt with it with my father. Mm. But she never thought she'd have to deal with it with her son, her baby. And I'm the youngest, so, you know, my, my older brothers is, at the time, they was... They did their little bullshit in the street and they ended up turning out fairly well early. So they wasn't really stuck to the street. I'm the only one that did. And her having to come to see me, you know, every time it was her crying and it hurts. You don't want to see that. At some point, you start telling her, like, nah, just stay home. Like, I'm like, your mind, just stay home. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to get emotional on the visit floor because you crying. And then one of these dudes start making fun of that shit. And I got to go back and do something to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I don't right. go through all that. Like, when you show, I'm in a place where you can't show no emotion but viciousness. You know what I'm saying? Like, the more violent you are in prison is the more you will turn out good. You know what I mean? The more you, the more. You're safer that way. Violence. Yeah, yeah. You, they, Everybody respects violence. So, mm-hmm. the, I was, I got to a point, you know, as that was my plan. I'm going to wild out until I have. Like about two years left, and then I'm gonna chill and try to go under the radar. <laughs> okay. I said that. I said that when I had my first year. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna chill and go under the radar, and that's what I follow. Unfortunately, but it saved my life. So you have to do what you have yeah. to do. That makes yeah, sense. I mean, playing nice doesn't get you anything in in there. Not with yeah, not with these type of people at all. You <laughs> know what I mean? So you got rapos in here that's faking like they real gangsters and they not. You got real gangster rapos out here. You got dudes that's gangbanging that you heard of from back in the days. You got everybody here. So, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the, if you're not violent, what are you doing here? They gonna look at you like you you the victim. You gotta be the, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at a young age, when you see that, it's like, fuck it. I ain't gonna be the victim. And, and going from green to the box and then getting into a big, a big, maximum jail with older heads is different so you gotta do what you gotta do because everybody looking at you it's almost like you graduated yeah yeah i graduated <laughs> from the medium to the max right basically that makes sense i mean you know i get that i mean because a lot of people don't have a lot of situation awareness and, and they don't have the ability to adapt so i mean you know i mean that's good to hear that you was able because you know i've always envisioned it like when somebody is locked up like you have to kind of like you know it's probably shocking at first and you have to kind of like get your mind right and it probably takes that time like i don't know if it were me i don't think i could even do it like i don't know how i would be able to do it but i mean it seems like you kind of already you know had coaching and everybody says you know i can't do it i don't know if i'll be able to do it you know what i mean uh you got no choice you know what i mean when Mm -hmm. you when you get sentenced but when you go into jail you either gonna do your time or you're gonna hang it up that's your only choices because they're not letting you out Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're not letting you out. So those are the only two choices you have. You're going to do your time or hang it up. And, you know, some people don't hang it up. But, you know, they do their time different. Everybody, everybody bids different. But when you say a lot of people, oh, I can't do that. You, That's how you know how strong you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of things in your life you probably said, yo, I'll never be able to do that. But you conquered that. You know what I mean? You conquered the fear or you conquered a, a, a goal that you wanted to attain. You know what I mean? But in prison, it's the same thing. Yo, I don't think I'll ever be able to live here, but I got to make it home to my family. So mm. which one I'm going to want to do? You know what I mean? They force you in here. They force Forces you. your hand. Yeah, they force your hand. That's what it sounds like. That's they a good way to look at it. I mean, well, not good way, but I mean, it is a way to look at it. I never thought to look at it like that. I just, I, yikes. 
I mean, bless your yeah. heart. Like you did that. Yeah, but it, it taught me so much. You know, I grew up in I, I grew up in there because you know I got lucky being around older heads that was able to guide me, and they saw me wilding. You know, so at one point when I went to Elmira, you know, I was deep in my in my gang affiliation times and shit like that, and. I surrounded myself with lifers though, because they, you know, they scooped me. I can't say I surrounded myself. They scooped me up because I worked with one of them in the in the mess hall in the kitchen, and you know, he was like, "Yo, you work out, young blood, come work out with me." Da, da, da. I started working out with them, but they started schooling me. Like, yo, listen, the way you moving, you moving like you got time like us. And then they said, "Yo, how much time you got?" I don't tell people. You don't usually tell people if mm. you got short time and you with lifers. You know what I mean? So I used to be like, I got mad time. They like niggas. But, you know, they asked me, yo, how much time you got? I'm like, man, I got eight years. Like, yo, how much time you got in? I'm like, I got like four. They're like, yo, nigga, you're running around here like you got life. Go sit your little ass down. You know what I'm saying? And they started schooling <laughs> me like, yo, bro, like, you might be the big homie and all that, nigga, but the shit you doing, you're going to end up in here for life. You know what I mean? Like, I was running around acting up, thinking that shit was cool because I was, that's what's cool in jail. But, you know, they see it different. They not coming home. So they trying to see it at the aspect of you got an opportunity to get the fuck out of here. And I don't, bro. So you better uh. get your mind right now or you're going to be stuck. And and from that point on, from Elmira, I can say that's what started building me up to come home. Like, you know what? When I come home and get a job, start mm. doing this, I'm going to start doing that. I change my, change my mind. It changes your mind when you do too much. I mean, for, for some people, I can't say I can't speak for everybody, but for me, after I'm, I'm not stupid, so after a while, all that violent shit and all that stupid shit in jail, you, it, it changes your mind, and it's like, yo, is this really what I want? Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm happy that I, it didn't happen, but I don't want to live that life, even out here in the street. You don't want to look mm-hmm. over your shoulder every day. I still look over my shoulder from people that I rob because I do my. I used to do it bare face. Snakes used to see my face. You know what I mean? Like, so I still look over my shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. It's not a good feeling, but when you change and you finally change and grow up out that bullshit, you start seeing where life really is and, and the opportunities you could grab from that. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and let's take a listen to some music by Jay Prinny. Bitches ain't shit, they get thrown to the wolf pack. You play one time and thrown out like a soundtrack. All you get is a nightcap. And they don't want this smoke, I'ma tell them to fall back. My biggest fear is headlining the show and no one show up. I had some girls leave me, tell me that I need to grow up. And now they're knocking at my daughter, feel I'm about to blow up. How stupid do you feel? Cause back then you never showed up. Back then you never showed up, showed up, they never ever showed. Back then they never showed up, showed up, they never ever showed. And now they knocking at my door like, yeah, oh, oh. And then they knocking at my door like, yeah, oh, oh. Oh, what you kind of answered my question because I was going to ask them what changed. So, I mean, that's good to know. Like, so I kind of, you know, you had some coaching and some, I guess, some motivation and probably a peer, like some type of peer support, which um, you kind of don't even hear about that a lot in prison, that people are like taking people under the wings and motivating them to want to do better. So people, a lot of people want to go, want to come home with prison stories and be fronting. <laughs> I'm going to keep it a hundred. A lot of niggas come home with these prison stories and be fronting. Yo, yeah. If be fronting, telling all about they was doing this, they was doing that. Well, they had got into this fight, got into that fight. I mean, for what? <laughs> Yo, this prison shit ain't funny. I mean, you know, it makes everybody' image look different. People want to come home looking tougher and looking at, you know, I, 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 I don't know. People's different. <laughs> I don't understand why people want to come. I don't get that. Like I. I feel like there's just so much opportunity in life now, especially the, the the life that we live now. I don't. I feel like that shit is so like the '90s and '80s. Like I mean, I feel like it's like, you know nah, what I mean? It's the same. It's the same because you now you got this drill music. All these young niggas want to shoot each other. You know all the shootings that's going on out here. Yeah, they don't talk about being locked up in their music though. They talk about getting somebody, but they don't talk about oh, I'm, I'm uh, let me go ahead and do this bid. I'll go ahead and take yeah, the light. That's what the mind state of these young niggas is. <laughs> These young niggas, these young niggas is thinking like, yo, they know what it is by now. You know what I mean, like, honestly. They just central bookings and then like, I was locked up for 24 hours, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I, was, I just came out. Nigga just bailed me out for $200. I'm good. What's good? Nigga, I'm getting money. <laughs> My lawyer is a Jew. <laughs> I don't understand why. I think it's so fucking corny. I don't know. That's just me, though. 
Uh, nigga. Listen, they could be fighting for nothing. They just they just spit what they hear from other people, bro. That's it. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. it. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, okay, let's switch gears a little bit then. So, you got out of prison. How did you adjust outside of life? And then the other thing I wanted to ask too was that, so you're a family man. So I don't know. So did you have your kids after prison? Did you have your kids while you were locked up? Like, how was that adjustment with everything? Um, Coming home, the adjustment was different. I never used, when I got locked up, the first iPhone touchscreen phone came out. You know what I'm saying? I, and wow. I, did, I never used a touchscreen before. So when I came home and got the Galaxy six or seven or whatever the fuck it was you know I, i'm looking for buttons and shit know what i mean i mm-hmm. had the next tail bleep when i was not me shit was lit mm-hmm. but <laughs> now you know it the technology is is all different but the hood's still the same so adjusting wasn't too crazy it was just the the now you have bigger responsibilities you're older i went to jail at 18 i came out at 25 so wow. now i mean you're older you're black you know what I mean? You got to beat the statistics. And my mom was on it. She was just like, yo, you know, you can't. but you know, some people still hard headed. I still did what I wanted, but I still had a level head where I was going to do what I do. And I mm-hmm. ended up getting a job, you know, obtaining, working hard, trying to get the shit that I needed. And um, as for my kids and my family, you know, my, my wife is, is somebody that popped up back up in my life that I knew from high school. Nice. And had two kids. She had two kids kids at the time that was two and three and you know we was you know talking and conversing and stuff and then we ended up doing what we do and coming together and then we had my son and oh. and you know now it's a family of five oh it's, it's hard it's too much buddy my little bro friends be hurting <laughs> what? I mean, you know, it's it's something that I live for now. Now that that we grown, you know, you as well, I know how you feel the same thing that we got kids. That's who we got to live for now. That's how we got to strive. That's who we got to strive to be better for and show them the way. Like, I don't want to show my kids what I've been through. You know what I mean? I don't want these girls to go through anything that I've seen them put females through in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I don't want none of the shit that I've seen to go across the vision of my children. So mm-hmm. I'm trying as hard as I can to to change what I was and to who I am now. And so far it's going good. Can't complain. But it's okay. always a process. You never stop learning. For you, like, what was the really, really biggest challenge? Because I know you touched a little bit on, like, it was hard for you to get a job and stuff like that. But I guess outside of that, too, like, I guess mentally, what was the biggest challenge? Honestly, trying not to put myself down for making not as much money as I wanted to be making at that time. Mm. Because in your mind, you're supposed to be further on in life and making a certain amount of bread. Then you come from a hustler's mind state as well. That yo, I'm, I'm only at the time I was when I found I found a job four months after coming home, after mm. being denied, going through going uh um CEO which uh, uh all different organizations to try to find me a job. I finally found a job. And they took advantage of me being a, 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 a convicted felon. And they only paid me $10 an hour. Wow. And I would bust my ass for $10 an hour. I was working in Shorehaven condominiums in the Bronx. And I would take care of 256 units. But I'd be doing plumbing, roofing, landscaping, mm. everything. And then you ask for a raise. Oh, nah, there's no money in the budget. What can I do? I'm not union. I'm not nothing. So... Either I take the bread or I take a different job. And I did that for so long, not thinking I could find nothing else until I did find something else. And, you know, I started my journey as an electrician getting this no. money now. You know what no. I mean? So it worked out. You just got to be persistent. Ah, okay. There you go. So that's good to know. So you picked up like a whole trade. Yeah. I did. Actually, I actually did about eight months of electrical training up north in in five points correctional facility and i ended up it, it piqued my interest but you know i'm not thinking anything of it because i'm still doing time i only had like two three years in so mm. but when i came home and that opportunity crossed my path i was able to get in the door with my little knowledge that i learned in five points and then mm. uh once i got in the door my hard work ended up paying off and they like how i work i learned and learned i learned fast so you oh, know, that's now good. doing my thing 
have one last, I guess, question for you then is, so what advice would you give today's annoying ass generation? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut. I mean, I mean, niggas is a dude just doing too much. They want to follow these 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 rappers, and these rappers ain't really doing it. Now they 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 seventeen, sixteen themselves. Know what I'm saying y'all following these dudes, and y'all going out there doing dumb shit. It, I you gonna see my niggas? <laughs> you see my niggas? That's a fact. Cause my niggas is vicious. They've been up there, so. You right. know, and you stupid, and you ain't getting no money. Like that's the crazy thing. Like dudes, dudes just going to jail for shooting niggas, and they ain't getting no money, and got no girl, and got so you stuck. You put your mother through nothing but heartache. You ain't have no money to give her when you was supposedly hustling out here for your Instagram pictures with your man right. shit. Know what I mean, but you know, I just it's it's hard because I understand they going through the same thing that I went through when I was younger. They probably don't have that father figure in that house to be there for them. They probably ain't got no real guidance, but the niggas in the hood showing them the way, showing them this cripping or this blood and all this selling this dope or selling this and that. So I can't knock it, but sometimes it's senseless because you have way more opportunity out here than we did when we was younger. Even us, you know, we 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 hitting them thirties. I'm hitting the I'm thirty. I'm about to be thirty two. So even when I was younger, we was getting oh, them big. Ass, oh, cut it out! Cut it out! <laughs> you coming up? We was we was in school together. So you right behind? Yeah, but I was I was no I was skipped the grade. Y'all didn't realize I was younger than y'all. I'm only thirty. <laughs> oh, okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I was skipped the grade. Oh, you was youngin'. Oh, so you was lit. Yeah, that's why I connected with like the class under me, like the other grade, because like I was just like, I can't relate to y'all older motherfuckers. But anyway, no, I feel you all the way. I mean, you know, but yeah, no, I get it. And there is you right, there's a lot of opportunity there. I feel like now, like, especially we didn't have back then, like, even when we had MySpace, you can make fucking money off of MySpace. Y'all motherfuckers nope. can fucking that wasn't even that nope. I wasn't even a toy, a thing. Shit. It wasn't even an idea. Like we wasn't even. We. I mean, but but like I said, they you have back supermarket to make some fucking money. Again, talk about it. Talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> no, but you know, like I said, it's a different era. Every era changes, but I just, it's it's not worth it. I say that you're not making enough money for your lawyer, homie. It's not worth it. You know what I mean? If that nigga ain't kill your brother, your sister. Oh, he killed my he killed my my big homie's man. All right, so why your big homie ain't going to ride? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what niggas got to because I'm telling you now, these little niggas y'all going to jail ain't gonna be a pawn in the big game of niggas that been doing this for years. Okay, well that's good to know. Um, well I mean that's really all I have for you today. Um, you know I definitely appreciate you you know doing the whole interview and being transparent with no filter. And no giving problem. that advice. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> I want to thank you. I want to thank you. And remember, I, I, I've been doing music on a low, playing around I know, with it. I was going to bring that up, too. I know, because that was what I was going to tell them, was that, because I don't know if you guys remember, but I think, I can't remember the episode, but this is probably back September or October. I actually put Jermaine's music on my podcast. Um, yeah. I, it was like a three-part thing because I think I had three different artists. And so, yeah. And so I did ask you, like, when are you doing more music? Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely doing months more music ago. now. That's shady. Nah, <laughs> you know, honestly, I keep my, like I said, I got, I got, a, I got a nice little catalog. It's just a lot of the things that I've been through out here with the music business so far has been shady. So doing everything independent now, it, it, it takes its time, but it's going to pay off better. But, you know, dealing with some people that wasn't too honest about certain things. So I took matters into my own hands, and now I got all my all my things, and I can release it how I want to, and nice. do shit like that. So definitely gonna be some music coming. You'll be the first one I send it to. I got you. Well, good because I'll put it on this episode on the commercial break. Oh, back. Say no more. I got time for you. I send you a couple joints. Okay, good. Yeah, because I mean I've been waiting. Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never let you wait no more. I got you. Apologize. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but yeah, guys, he does. He does music. He um, and it's kind of funny because what made me put him on my podcast was because you did a cipher, and you had a bunch of people, and I was like, oh shit! I said he rap. Okay, because mm-hmm. usually you come around these rappers, they either they mumbling or they fake singing, they don't rhyme or they probably use you know rhymestop.com or some shit. But like yeah. it was really authentic, so that's why I was like, oh, is it okay if I could put your music on? And I'm like, okay, so you have a SoundCloud and all that too. So yeah, yeah, definitely got the SoundCloud Guns Villain. You know what I mean, but you know, it's a couple things. It's about the I'm about to revamp everything. I tell you that. Oh. What's, okay, about you, what then? On what then? Ooh. Nah, just you know, the, just making sure everything comes out how it's supposed to, how I wanted to come out with the images, to make sure it gets the proper videos it need to go to with each of these each of these songs I'm about to drop. You know, some people say I'm, I I think about it too much. I try to get it too perfect before I let it go. So I mean, sometimes you need that. That's the Libra in you. That's why. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's Libra, the Libra shit. Y'all overthink shit. That's why. Nah, shout out to the Libras. <laughs> Make sure it's right before you get before you get it in your hands. Oh, I'm dead. I can't. Guns villain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. There's New yeah. York fee right there. There you go. <laughs> Bronx bread. There you go. I'm crying. I can't. <laughs> But no, I will. So on the commercial break, um, which you probably at this point they probably have heard it because this is the end of our episode. <laughs> I am going to put um, you know, his music, your music on there. So that's always been the plan. But yeah, definitely you'll send me some music and then we'll put that on there. <laughs> gotcha. I'll send that right now. Be <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. Well, all right then. Well, do you have any final words before we let them go? <laughs> no, you know, I thank you, appreciate it. You know what I mean? I love love the podcast. I appreciate you. And, you know, everybody just stay safe out here with this COVID. Wear your mask, wear your gloves. Uh, I don't, don't do that. No, I, I mean, I'm in New York, so you have to do it. You have to. I mean, I'm in Seattle. We first started that shit. And I still don't do it. I'm good. But I think I had the coronavirus, so it is what it is. Yeah, I think I did too back but before I knew what the fuck it was. Right. But, right. Just, you know, make sure, make sure y'all check my girl out. Make sure you check the music out. And I definitely, you know, stay safe out here. I'm sad. Okay, well, I thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. And I will definitely catch you guys on the next one. 